You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I was like, bro, I'm going to die. That's a sign of death. That's wild. Maybe you're dead right now. <gasps> you have a shitty afterlife. But. Recording 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? This is a 3 a.m. podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And my name is Sean. It's just a podcast where we tell spooky tales of spooky things. <laughs> Shit, dude. Is that what we do? <laughs> it is. Uh, did you want to go first? What, what do you want? I'll tell you, I'll do mine first then, real quick. I have, I, I, I'll do my opening first. Okay, do it. There once was a man put <laughs> to sea. The name of the ship was a billy of tea. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. So I used to think the winds I, blew oh. hard about it down. Sugar oh, blow. and blow. <laughs> anyway. Shanties. I, I used to think I was tall. I used to think I was pretty normal heighted. Uh, I went to high school with Mexicans and Mongs. I was going to say, you went to school with a bunch of Asians and Mexicans. <laughs> Mongs are four foot three. Mexicans are like five foot three. So at like five, eight, five, nine, I was like, damn. <laughs> What's up, little people? <laughs> then I moved to Australia, land of like the Samoans. And I legit was like the size of their children. And I was like, it was so humbling. I was like, dude, I am short as f dude. <laughs> But, Dude, that's funny. Oh, I had a, uh, you were going to go on? No, I was just going to ask, like, have you, did you guys ever have, like, a preconceived notion of yourself where you're like, I'm really good at this thing, and then you just okay. get humbled? I had a wild <laughs> dream last night. So, my girlfriend was like, go to the store, get some stuff for me. I'm like, cool. And in my dream, we're in Utah. So, for some reason, I start walking to the store instead of driving, and it's pouring rain. And I get to the store, and it's Long's. And Long's is like the CVS of Hawaii been around forever and i get there and i'm like we're in utah when when did longs get here this is weird but you just accept things in dreams you know mm -hmm. as they are so i walk inside and it's an arcade i'm like where's the store <laughs> longs was never an arcade and there's like this little entrance on the side to the store portion so i walk up and i'm soaking wet everyone else drove because I walked to the store. So everyone's dry. And I'm wearing like a white shirt. So it's like see-through. <laughs> no, that type of soaking Nice. Work. And I'm walking around. And there's these two adolescent boys following me around. Just like trolling me. Like they're like throwing <laughs> stuff at me. And then at one point, one, one of them gets so close to me. That like his nose is like almost on my back. Like just like irritating me. Ugh. So I'm like, I'm just trying to get to the store. I don't know why I'm in the arcade. <laughs> so... He, I turn around to like tell him to back off, and him and his buddy or brother or whatever like start laughing and walking away. So I, with my petty ass, 
started doing the same thing and like started following him <laughs> with my nose on his back. And right when I did that, his mom came out. <laughs> and she was like, excuse me, who are you? What are you doing? And I didn't know what to say. For some reason, my mat, my rational mind was thinking at that point, like it turned on. I was like, I'm not going to tell her, well, he did it first, you know? <laughs> um, so I just turned around and walked away. I got in line to get into the store because all of a sudden there was a huge long line. Everybody uh, takes like a number to get into the store. <laughs> so there's this family behind me and they cut in front of me and they take a number. Is this Venezuela? You have to take a number and wait in line <laughs> for and your groceries? I'm like, yo, I was in line before you. And everybody's looking at me weird because I'm soaking wet and brown. <laughs> but you're in Hawaii. No, no, I'm no, in he's Utah. Oh, my bad, my bad, I'm in my Utah, bad. yeah. Longs is in Hawaii. Um, I'm like, yo, I was, I was before you guys. And the mom turns around. She's like, you know what? You're right. I'm so sorry. And she gives me the number. I'm like, thank you. And I get in front of them. And the dad says, we didn't notice you because you're so short. <laughs> and he's like 6'8 in my oh. dream. 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, like towering over me. And I just, my, the rest of my dream was this argument with him. I said, 6'2 is an average height. <laughs> I've never been called short in my entire life. And I felt like way offended. Welcome to my life, dude. <laughs> Eat a dick. <laughs> I woke up upset. I like had like a the whole store around me agreeing with me. I was like, six twos average height, right? At least you get to wake up from it. And then everyone <laughs> to live it every day. <laughs> you go to sleep and you're that dude yeah. taking people's numbers in the grocery like, store. Hey, peep, squeak. <laughs> peep, squeak. <laughs> That's a that's a terrible nightmare. I'm sorry for that so you had to weird. experience that. So strange. It was so it was so vivid. <laughs> I woke up and like my like I felt drenched in water. That's like me being like I had a dream and my skin was brown and someone's like you brown skin but luckily I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it sucks. I mean, truly. I was playing basketball last week. And just happened to be the tallest guy on my team Ooh. at 6'2". And then the other team had one dude who was 6'10". Whoa. And the other dude was 6'8". And there was this other kid on my team that was chubby. So he took the 6'10 guy. because he was. <laughs> this is the big. other other team? who The were, other team had 6'10 and 6'8". Just the there. monsters? Yeah. yeah, the monsters. <laughs> so I take the guy who's 6'8". Fortunately for me, he only liked to shoot threes. And so uh. I was like... I don't have to out-rebound this guy or anything like that, but I feel you in your you dream. You felt short for a minute? Yeah, yeah. For, for a brief second yeah. there. And that was in real life, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm triggered. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm short man angry. Dude, I had another dream last night. So I woke up at like 6. <laughs> I couldn't sleep for like an hour, and then I, I fell asleep at 7. Do you know that's how you like um, spark lucid dreams? Dude. Second sleep is always the best. Like you're for dreaming? Um, or that, just like for that too. Feeling restful? Both. I always feel like way more rejuvenated after that second sleep than like the six hours previous. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the, the grocery store dream happened in my second sleep. But my first one, I uh, went back to high school as a 29-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed normal because a bunch of my classmates were also there okay, okay. that I graduated with. And everyone was just like, hey, welcome back. <laughs> uh, what? And it was like our senior year over again. So I remember thinking like, oh, this is fun. Like very last year of, of school and 
you know, we're like the king of the hill now. I also remember thinking, what a long summer break I've had. <laughs> the <laughs> like, casual 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only other thing I remember from that dream was uh, I was in the bathroom. I would use the bathroom, take a piss. In your dream? That's risky. Yeah, super that risky. risky. I don't piss, though. <laughs> Because right when I walk into the bathroom, every there's like 80 people in the bathroom, boys and girls, and they're all looking through the windows. I'm telling. Outside. <laughs> and we're looking outside, and there's this dude and this girl boning in like the middle of like the, the schoolyard. So, yeah. Oh, and everyone was wanking themselves off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. What the hell is this dream? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. There's the crush and with part. that, no, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, nice." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put some some soap. <laughs> the pearl colored one, um, bro. When I was when I was like really little in my elementary school, it had like a bar of soap and a grinder did you guys have that oh those are just cool. grinded flakes on your yeah, hand yeah. Oh, what the i had that for the first time in uh where was i like the san francisco airport i was like i thought it was bougie is it bougie to me no? it's like primitive as hell oh really that's what i was thinking. i was i was thinking it was like a bougie thing i was like oh this is kind of cool because like <laughs> at least the part in the san francisco airport i was in was really nice oh, oh. so i don't know no i i like went to like a homeless my my like uh Grade school was called Viva Blunt. <laughs> Live Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it was like a homeless encampment that I learned math at. Nice. <laughs> it was wild, dude. It was so Two crazy. Two needles plus <laughs> yeah. $3. Gives you hepatitis three C. Spoons. <laughs> a, B, and C. <laughs> but anyway, I'm short and it sucks. Thanks for, thanks for listening. <laughs> Uh, how's everyone's week been? Productive. Yeah. Busy. Same. How about you, Kev? Any any recent happenings? Uh not too much has been going on with me. I uh had a fun little encounter the other night though. Allegedly. When you say encounter, good one. Sexual. Please yeah. elaborate, please. <laughs> so there's some hot springs near our house. Oh snap. Yeah. And uh, normally I only go in the morning because at night it's full of a bunch of like high school kids and BYU kids. Mm. Can you can you explain? It's like natural like yeah, it's natural hot springs. It's kind of muddy. These ones you park and then you have like a quarter mile walk to the hot springs down a a path that's paved and then it turns dirt and then all mud around it and it's right off of mm. it's like a hundred yards away from Utah Lake. Mm. They're decent. They're not my favorite, but they're decently close and stuff. But there's two of them. There's a main one that all the like people hang out at. And then there's like a smaller one that's back that has more privacy. So every once in a while, there'll be like couples hanging out there. You know? Ooh, hey. uh, ooh, a little <laughs> okay. bit of a hot fling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or naked people, such as myself. <laughs> so I was chilling there. What? I got there at like 6.30. There was nobody there in the main one or in the small one. And I was like, noise. Put my earbuds in, started getting caught up on my 3 a.m. episodes. And it was basically dark at that time, too. So it was so cool. And it was really windy. And it wasn't all that cold. 
uh, define not all that cold? It was like 40 degrees. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just chilling my fat self in that small hot springs in the back naked. For allegedly. Yeah. Oh, allegedly. Yeah. Some people might have thought that was the case. Who knows? And so in between episodes, like in the silence, I hear all of a sudden I hear like tons of noise. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? Because I'm facing the lake because it's beautiful. Like it was super bright outside because all it was really cloudy. So all the city lights were shining off of the clouds. And so I was just sitting there watching lights and lakes and clouds go by. It was so awesome. And so I turn around and there's hordes of people at this main one. There are so many people at this stupid, and they're being so loud. Somebody brought out speakers. They're listening to music. I didn't really know what time it was because, I, I, you know, I'm in the water. I don't have my phone. And uh, they close at 10. And so I should have known. I listened to about four episodes, so I should have known it was, you know, <laughs> past closing time. But all these fools, and they were all drinking too. Most of them ended up being high school students that were getting drunk. You know, as some high school students do, couple like one dude, or they would run back and forth from the hot springs to the lake. And at one time, some drunk dude got into the small ones with me. He's all, "Yeah, I'm going to University of Utah." I was like, "Oh, cool." And he's all, "What? Bye!" And like ran off. And I was like, "All right, cool. Let's see ya." <laughs> so I get out of the hot springs and I bring a mat with me so I don't have to sit in the mud. And I'm just air drying because it's beautiful and I don't think it's cold. And I'm sitting down so you can't see anything. And I'm fat. Nobody's looking anyway. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting there getting caught up on like text messages and stuff. And uh, I see a really bright light. And I was like, who brought a spotlight? And I turn down and down the trail, you see a car driving down. I was like, oh, F, that's cops. Only cops drive down the trail. And so... <laughs> I'm like, well, time for me to get dressed. So I started getting dressed and everything. And then finally, all the people at the main hot springs realize uh, that there's like a car coming down. And somebody yells, it's the feds. <laughs> I love how th- how big things are to you when you're a kid, even in high school. It's like, do you remember the, uh, the disclaimer before every uh, DVD where it's like, oh, yes. you wouldn't steal yeah. a car? <laughs> So somebody goes, it's the feds. And then you just hear the cops, we're the police. (laughs) (laughs) It's KGB. Very nice of you, but no, just Just Saratoga Springs Police Unit, (laughs) Sheriff's Department. Maybe even a K-9. Volunteer. (laughs) So I assume some people ran into the grass because they started checking like the tall grass because the grass is taller than you are. So you can hide in it. And so uh, I assume people ran into there because I started checking that all clearly. I very calmly just grabbed my stuff and walked out towards the lake and just plopped everything down, laid my towel out, laid down, chilled there. And I was like, if they find me, they find me. I'm not underage. I'm not drinking. I was there past hours. So, you know, I didn't want a ticket. But uh, I laid there. For a while. Finally, like they all left. I could see their lights still on the parking lot through all the trees and grasses and stuff. And so I'm thinking, like, 
okay, I'll wait to go down until like they leave. Well, and then next thing I know, I see another light. It's like I'm, I just start chilling there again, watching the clouds go by because it's so cool. And uh, I decide that I was gonna go back, but then I see another light come down and another car had come and they started like doing a way more thorough search. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, oh, my car is in the parking lot. They're probably wondering who they missed. And I was like, me. (laughs) (laughs) But so like they uh, searched all around like the main hot springs. Then they walked back to the back hot springs because they didn't do that before at all. And like searched all around the grass there. I was probably only like 20 yards away, but I was just laying there, AirPods in, eyes closed. Wet. So I had pos- no, I was dry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was clothed and dry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, they never they never saw it. So, like, they, like, searched back over by the back hot springs and then searched in the grass on both sides and everything. Eventually went back. So then I waited some more, about, like, 20 more minutes. And then I, like, grabbed my stuff. Because I go there so often, I know where every single trail leads because I've you know, been bored and explored. And so, like, I found there's a, a little back trail that leads across this field to the fence. So you don't have to hit the trail at all. And most, I don't know if anybody even knows. Well, I'm sure people know that because there's a trail, but it's not well known. Mm-hmm. And they're doing construction around there. So part of the chain link fence is missing. So I just like walked there, got onto the bike path, and walked down the street towards my car. And I was all, I hope they're not waiting in the parking lot. <laughs> so, like, I get, I start walking down the road, and I can see the parking lot, and it's basically empty. But then I get closer, and there's two cop cars parked on either side of my car. And I was like, well, and I just kept walking my fat butt right on past the parking lot, <laughs> past the park, past the other parking lot, across the river to another parking lot where I could see, and I just chilled there until... They drove off. Then I walked back to my car and I got away without a ticket, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, bro. I what? did not evade any police officers. Nobody told me to stop. <laughs> Nobody. I did not hide. I was literally in the middle of just the ground. I wasn't hidden by any grass or anything. I was just laying right on the ground. So you know, not my fault. If then, so me. <laughs> and I had earbuds in. I didn't know people were looking for me. Kevin's true. in jail. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. I was like, oh, I'm so close. The true crime is that you were nude with high schoolers. Would you care to explain? Indecent exposure. <laughs> the water is super murky. You can't tell anything. Also, I don't know if I was nude. Who knows if I was nude? <laughs> Nobody knows if I was nude. Also, these cops have nothing better to do but make sure people aren't in a hot spring. Well, here's the thing. They were being super loud. And disruptive. Guess where the police station is? Right next door. Right across the street. Literally across the street. So, so all these kids are just amateurs. Yeah. I was all like, That's as true. expected. Well, and the whole time I was sitting there drying off, I was all like, the because co- the cops very rarely go down there. They only go down there if somebody's throwing a party and it's loud and disruptive. Because there's a neighborhood nearish by. But um, what you I, said, it's like at least a football field away. Oh yeah, probably more than that. But uh they were they were being really loud. But <laughs> I was thinking the whole time I was like, the cops are gonna come out here tonight if they don't shut up. Like I was and then lo and behold they did. <laughs> hmm. Or the feds. Who knows? Or the feds. 
I do know like the Google headquarters is around here, so I wouldn't be surprised if some federales or some like high level people just roll up. We're out and about. I often think that because I pass that compound every time we record. True. And I'm just like, dude, there's some like high powered security, I'm sure, right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Facebook is building out here too. Crazy. And it's supposed to be like there's like huge, huge warehouses that only 20 people work at. Like it's just they're just housing like computers there. What the freak? Like servers and things like that. So, yeah. So, you know, science. I know we mocked that high school kid, but he could have been right. Okay. <laughs> could have been right. Could have <laughs> been the feds. <laughs> the whole point of this story, I guess, is I was listening at 3 a.m. and getting caught up on it. And while I was chilling in those hot springs by myself, not knowing there were people there yet. I uh, there was an owl hunting nearby, and it kept landing in the grass near me. And I was listening to the Manapool Skinwalker story, and I was like, "What the heck was that?" I was like, "I need me some alligators and hippos to protect me." <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because you didn't hear them till they landed in the grass. The owls, yeah. Because there's, have you seen those videos we've talked about before? But so silent. Yeah, dude. Owls are a precursor to. Death. Paranormal things. Yeah. They're an omen in like Native American. They're really synonymous with like uh, gray aliens. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of people will see owls, but the, they'll be like three feet tall right before they get like abducted. Well, but some owls are that tall. Three feet tall? Yeah. Yeah. They're like three and four feet tall. Terrifying. I don't like that. There's an so owl basically me lives, flying around. There's an owl that lives close to this house. <laughs> So there's an owl that lives close. I don't know if I, any of you have seen it. Dude, I haven't seen an owl once in my entire life. What I was driving home a couple nights ago. It was late. It was like 11. And I'm driving on that long road that comes from the main road. Uh-huh. And I see something off like the side of the road. And it's like in the air. And it's huge. I was like, what is that? So I slowed down. And it comes across the road, and it was just massive owl. I was like, "Bro, I'm gonna die." That's a sign of death. That's wild. Maybe you're dead right now. <gasps> you have a shitty afterlife. Recording but, three a.m. with us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had wings before this, so I'll take oh, yeah, it. <laughs> wow, this is that's hell. crazy, dude. Yeah, we have a fatty owl living around here, though. So a superb owl. Superb. Speaking of uh, this weekend, there's the Super Bowl. <laughs> Way to tie that together. <laughs> Superb owl. Yeah. Who's playing? The owls and the, the feds. And the feds. <laughs> no, we're the regular police. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Actually, I saw something today that I was going to just bring up because, you know, we talk about scary stories and I wanted to share something uplifting for y'all. Hell yeah, brother. So, you know how all the uh, stock market stuff happened like last week? I with do. Uh, GameStop. I don't know if y'all have heard, but <laughs> it happened. Some dude made 30K off of that and then went and bought switches for <gasps> all of the kids at this ch- like children's hospital and just rolled up and like gave them all switches. Oh my God. I think he spent all of it too. I think on so. Switches. Yeah. Just good guy, like out there helping GameStop, out there helping kids. Just wanted to share that. Dude, I like that. I Punching billionaires and helping children, sick kids. <laughs> Dude, that guy, that's Jesus. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's like, not the br- bread and uh, loaves and fish. It's GameStop switches. and switches. Yeah, switch. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. There's another. Yeah. There's <laughs> another. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. I just wanted to. Dude, I really like news. that. That's uplifting. That's feel good. We need more of that. Uh, not uplifting news. <laughs> No, I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about it. I'm going to cut that. Yeah, you do. <sighs> There's like photo evidence now of Army Hammer like burning women. Oh, what? shit. So there's that. That's wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this podcast is up and down. <laughs> I know. Holy smokes. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Chicharrones. Oh, shit. We've all been there. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, now I have to leave that, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> He's hot, dude. <laughs> Army Hammer's a good-looking dude. <laughs> I mean, not that good-looking. <laughs> do you guys just want to get into stories? Yeah. Let's do it. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Your voice quit. <laughs> All right, now we roll our 20-sided die to see in what order we tell our stories. Highest numbers go first, and so on. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head my emotions, if that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins, convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home, and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. I got a three. Sean got an 11. Charles got a nine. So the order is Sean, Charlie, DJ. Let's go, Charles. Let's go. Shiver my timbers. Okay. Oh, my God. Sean, let's go. (laughs) I got... A pretty good one for you today. We go in to the UK. Oh, hell. Ooh, the Uck. The Uck, bro. <laughs> this hell story. Yeah. Bro, um, 
Bruv. Bruv. <laughs> In it, across the pond. <laughs> we gone across the big pond. It, this story I found on Reddit from a uh, user Blonde Venus ninety one. Okay. Now she says she lives in a relatively small town out on the English countryside. Oh, Cambr- Cambridgeshire. Maybe, dude. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> she said there's about four thousand people in the town, but it feels closer to like a thousand, maybe, because there's like rolling hills and like clo- houses aren't really close to each other outside of the main part of town like hot fuzz kind of yeah when i was reading the story i was like this seems kind of hot fuzzy Hmm. so essentially she has had to move home after finishing a year of university uni uni and she's gonna live with her parents for the summer now in and around the town there's a lot of walking paths forested areas and stuff like that and she liked to go out and go hiking every once in a while just close to town because it's super easy for her she also picked up a bad habit at uni of smoking the devil's lettuce. Oh. And she knew that her parents didn't Hold like on. it. Children, <laughs> children out there. Watch out. <laughs> don't do drugs, okay? <laughs> she knew that her parents didn't like the habit, so she would go on her walks in the evening to be able to, you know, get lit, get lit <laughs> while her parents weren't around so that she didn't feel judged or they didn't feel bad. So one day... She's about ready to head out. She usually would leave around five before her parents or her mom got home from work. Her mom actually ended up getting home earlier than expected and just kind of talked to her for a little bit just about her day. She had had a rough day. So she ends up, our our, uh, storyteller here, we'll call her Venus, she ends up leaving later than expected this time. She'd ended up talking to her mom for about two hours. So she's leaving now at 7 p.m. and she's going to head out on this walking path to go hiking, but it's gonna also start getting dark here pretty quick. She doesn't really think about it at the time, but- Potheads rarely do, you know? Dude, yeah. (laughs) She says she had three nicely rolled blunts in her coat pocket, ready to just- Destroy her life. Destroy everything, (laughs) dude. (laughs) Can't believe it. (laughs) So she says her house is about five minutes away from this- Farmer's Field, which is kind of an entrance to the forested area. She makes it to the field, and she sees coming out out of the forest this elderly man and his dog, who turns out she said she recognized as one of their neighbors. So she knows the guy, keeps walking across the field, and like meets him in, somewhere in the middle, and starts petting the guy's dog, talking to him <laughs> for a minute. And the, uh, the elderly guy was like, hey, you need to make sure that you're... Uh, not out there too long. It's starting to get dark. Just kind of, just trying to make her, hell, let her know to stay safe, you know? As she's like standing up, she sees another guy coming out of the forest. And this that, guy. I just think that's weird to say to people. Hmm. Like people don't know what's going to, like they haven't seen what day to night looks like. Dude, like I feel like elderly people specifically have no filter for that. <laughs> Like, hey, like, idiot, it's getting dark. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Or like, who is it that somebody was telling a Sun's story about low. where somebody was doing like a through hike for several days and their grandpa was like, why? Why would you do that? I'm, it was probably MJ's grandpa. I was going to say it might be. It, it could be also Kale. But back to the UK. She uh, stands up to start heading into the forest. She sees another man coming out of the forest at the same time. And she said he's probably 6'4", 
maybe so average height. <laughs> so short. Yeah, he's pretty short. And uh, wearing this light green jacket, she didn't know how old he was, but assumed she, he's probably like five to 10 years older than she was. And she's 24 at the time. Now she keeps walking towards the forest. And as she gets closer to him, she kind of looks up at him to give the, like the, the nod and smile and just be nice, right? Say, ask how they're doing. And as she looks up and like looks at him, she notices that he's already looking at her, not smiling. Oh, no. Just has this dark, angry look in his eye. So instantly, she kind of looks back down at the ground and keeps moving as quickly as she can. Now, once she gets to the opening in the forest, she turns around to look to see if this guy is following her. He's behind her now? Yeah. So they passed crossing the field. She gets to the forest looks behind her and sees the guy continuing to walk the other way, following the old man. So she's like, okay, we're good. She heads off into the forest, lights up the first one. And she's just kind of like walking through the forest, enjoying her time. She's grown up here her whole life. So she knows all the trails, knows all the back trails, where everything meets up, everything. This is what she says. Throughout this time as she's walking through the forest, she takes an opportunity here and there to look around her and make sure no one's following her just to be safe. She kind of got the creeps from this guy. She makes it to the end of this forested area and there's a big open field. And on the other side is where this forest continues. And then once she goes through that area, it meets up with another trail that's going to head home. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So she heads across this big open field and gets to the other side where the forest opens again and said that she feels just this terrified feeling of fear come over her. And she turns around to look again, and all the way across the field, she sees this light green jacket from the opening on the other side. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden she freezes, and she sees the man that she'd passed earlier freeze as well. He knows that she saw him. Now, it's a big, big enough field where she assumes it's going to take him five minutes to get to her if he sprinted and she didn't move. So she instantly starts sprinting into the forest. She can't go back because he's behind her on this same trail. Yeah, she Venus, just, Venus got to protect Uranus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> He's going to give her that Mars ball. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Uh, How many planets? She's like, Pluto, don't do that. <laughs> That's a dwarf planet. <laughs> it's short. No. Short planet. <laughs> I made Mercur curry for lunch. He's trying to make a sun. Oh, <laughs> dude, y'all are lame, bro. <laughs> okay, dude, back to the scary. So she sees this dude. He he freezes because he knows that she has seen him. Uh huh. Instantly, she starts sprinting into the forest. Oh gosh, 
high. Just running as fast as she can, and she's high at really, the same time. Really, she's just walking. She's just, just kind of like... <laughs> I swear, I was sprinting. <laughs> she's like on all fours. <laughs> Trying but to go as fast as she can. Those are shitty options. The forest at night or the dude following you. Yeah. yeah. So it's like... It's also twilight at this time, too. So she was able to barely see him on the other side of the field initially, but it's dark in the forest. Mm -hmm. So she can't really see much beside the trail she's running on. She's running as fast as she can and eventually darts off to the side. She sees this big old trunk. She just runs off to the side and like ducks down behind it. Oh, my gosh. Just back to the trunk, knees to chest. She's waiting there has to cover her ma- her mouth just to make sure no one can hear her breathing. Oh, that's the worst, dude. Yeah. Did you ever try to play sardines or like hide and seek, bro? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's a real problem. Yeah. Try to do that with asthma. <laughs> it's tough. Or when you're high. <laughs> She's sitting there and she hears these stomping footsteps running down the path. Yeah. Exactly. Like of the twigs breaking underneath his feet. And he stops where she had gotten off the trail. And he's just like, she can tell he's looking around, but she doesn't want to look around the trunk just in case. He's kind of like walking around this area and she picks up this big rock next to her, as she probably should have already. And she musters up the courage to peek over the trunk and his back is turned to her. So she takes the rock and throws it to the other side of the trail. All of a sudden, he thinks he knows where she is. He darts off the trail, laughing. Just this creepy, maniacal laughter is what she said. After he's gone for a couple of minutes, she gets up and starts running down the path again towards the uh, way she had originally been going, so not back yet. She eventually comes to an opening where there's this uh, river or stream area that she knows runs alongside close to the trail and she can meet up with one of the other trails to get home. So she goes down into the stream and slips. She eats it and breaks her phone. Oh, <laughs> so we're what? going from bad to worse. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it sucks, dude. <laughs> it's just getting worse. It sucks so much. She follows the stream for quite a while till she gets to a place where it opens up and she knows this is the original field she'd come to at the beginning of her little hike. She army crawls up the stream embankment and peeks over the edge into the field to see if there's anyone there. She looks all over the field, doesn't see anyone, looks towards the forest, doesn't see anyone either. So she gets up and she knows it's about a five minute walk to her house from there. So she starts sprinting across the field as fast as she can. When all of a sudden she hears, you f***ing bitch, as he's exiting the forest, sprinting towards her. She luckily has a head start on him because the place she got up at the stream was closer towards the entrance of this big field. She's sprinting as fast as she can towards her house and doesn't even care if this guy knows where she lives. She has to get home. He follows her the whole way, sprinting after her. Luckily, she gets home, knocks on the door. Her parents are close. They open the door and let her in. And she like falls on the floor panting. And she tells them, she's yelling at them, call the police. Luckily, they had already called the police because she had been gone now for hours. 
the stream journey had really taken a lot longer than she'd expected. <laughs> but when the police got there, there was no sign of this guy. And they never found him. But this is her story of one of the most terrifying things that's happened to her. Yikes. This is why you do not do drugs, kids. Because <laughs> you can and will be murdered. <laughs> Bro, I thought for half a second you were trolling me. What? Because all I could picture was the ring wraith scene in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> where he like, and they throw like the bag of carrots. And then oh, the ring wraith is like, yeah. ah! <laughs> and then they sprint away. So I thought you were going to be like, and then they went to the prancing pony. And I was going to be like, you bastard. <laughs> nah, dude, this one's a real story, bro. Dang, I mean, crazy. Lord of the Rings is a real story too. But <laughs> <laughs> That was in Middle England. <laughs> but she was fortunate. Middle Venus. Sorry. She was fortunate enough to survive. Dude, that's terrifying. Especially like she'd never seen this guy. She asked the neighbor she'd talked to before like with uh that had been walking his dog and he didn't recognize the guy either dude having done this sober would be terrifying but doing it high as shit would be like (laughs) extra terrifying dude when i was like a freshman in high school uh i got really into paintball for a little bit hell yeah brother and with the spider e99 baby (laughs) (laughs) um my favorite diversion tactic was to to throw my my canister of paintballs after I load it up on one side and then go on the other side oh. and start shooting, dude. <laughs> Get everybody out. Damn, bro. <laughs> Professional. Take, take that out. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that, DJ. <laughs> when I used to play soccer in uh, elementary school, my favorite tactic is we had Juan and Raul who were like born playing soccer, so they were hella good. So me and my friend would run and jump and land with our feet in the middle of their knees and collapse them. And that's how <laughs> that's how we'd win. Nice, dude. So, nice. Dude. Big brain time. Tactics. <laughs> 500 IQ play. That's crazy, though. Yeah, no, it's definitely a terrifying story. Have you guys ever been chased? I was just about to ask that. Kevin asked, have you ever been chased for real? Nothing comes to mind immediately. I oh, have, no, no. I, I, have, have, I, have, I have once. I have once. For probably the same reason that you were chased. I was exploring an abandoned farmhouse in the country. Uh, I was hanging out with a few friends from high school who all did graffiti. Nice. Mm. So the cops pulled up and we just went and ran to our friend's house. <laughs> but. Uh, we were exploring this abandoned farmhouse where previously we had gone and the farmer who lived across the street pulled out, parked right behind us, got out and came to our window and he's like, it's a pretty truck. We're like, thanks. And he's like, you wouldn't want some shotgun holes in it, would you? We're like, no, thank you, sir. And he's like, you got, what are you doing out here? We're like, oh, I don't know. It's cool. We were just looking around. And he's like, how about you? How about you take off? And we're like, okay, see ya. So it's that property we were at. <laughs> And uh, we were all going around like, I, I might have told this already, but we're all going around looking and there's like a basement. There's an attic, a stairs up to the attic that we went in and there was a door down to the basement. So we all go in, everyone goes in. I'm the last one to go in. And right before I go in, I'm like, you should double check to make sure the coast is clear. So I step back out, peek around the edge of the house and I see the truck turn on, like the lights turn on 
And I go, everyone needs to run. Like I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I was with younger kids at the time. Like I was a grade older than them. Um, so we all start sprinting. One of my friends is a little robust. We're chubby. <laughs> Two of them are high as shit. I'm the only like sober, physically fit one. <laughs> so we're sprinting. And I, I'm, this sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm running backwards being like, let's go guys, let's go, let's go. And they're, they're like, <gasps> and they're trying to go as fast as they can. So we go and there's a big like ditch. So we go down the ditch and up the ditch. And when we get to the other side, we're, we start breathing calm because we're like, oh, we've made it, you know. And so we're just kind of walking, watching, and the truck just goes boom, like right up to the ditch. And I was like, surely it's going to stop. And it goes boom, 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 down the ditch, boom, 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 up the other side of the ditch. And I'm like, oh, shit, run. So we're sprinting as fast as we can again. And my fat friend is just like lagging further and further behind. And I'm like, let's go. Name I won't say, let's go. And he just is like trailing slower and slower. And there's like a tiny like uh, two foot high pile of dirt and he goes <laughs> and falls onto the dirt and i'm just like all right leave him and so we all just keep running he tries to hide behind the pile of dirt <laughs> anyway we finally sprinted away uh dude wildness what i happened to your fat friend <laughs> he hit behind luckily the person in the truck decided to go for the main group and left him there he like it worked out perfect um so we hid in a house that was being built. We're in a C train. Everyone's sweating. Everyone's pretty panicked. I turn around and my friend uh, Mitch, the crazy kid that I grew up with, yeah. has his pants down his ankles and he's taking a shit. He literally <laughs> had the shit scared out of him. He was so scared. I turned around. I was like, what the hell are you doing? And he just takes the shit right there. And then he goes, I, I know you said I shouldn't bring it, but I brought it. And he pulls out this uh, airsoft gun that looks like a real gun. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, this situation is just getting worse and worse. Where he spray spray paints the tip black. Yeah, it was like, it looked like a real gun. And I was like, you're an asshole. I specifically told him not to bring it. So I made him hide it. I'm like, you guys hide here. This car, this truck is like driving through people's properties, like looking for us. It's it's sketch. This is when I was like the best shape of my life. So I see it. It turns a corner and I sprint as fast as I can to my truck, which is like half a mile away. Speed back. They come out, jump in my truck. My fat friend <laughs> makes it to <laughs> makes it to the road, and he just like jumps in the bed of the truck, and we take off. Dude, that's close, bro. But I literally watched someone who didn't have cardio just like choose to die rather than, <laughs> rather than keep running. And I was like, "Damn, yo, you weak as hell." But it was just I I never forget that. <laughs> Everybody uh, got choices. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone hit the treadmill. If you're gonna do if some, if you're gonna be chased, shit, yeah. you gotta have some cardio. Yeah. <sighs> Was that you, Sean? I got one more for you guys. Ooh. So whereas Venus in my previous story survived, another story comes from the English countryside, Whoa. where the body of a girl was found under mysterious circumstances, and her likely killer got away with it. This is known as the green bicycle case. And this is for our patrons. <laughs> so if you'd like to hear this story, go to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod. Or we have a link in our bio on Instagram or wherever you listen to podcasts, right? Yeah. Okay. We're staying in England for this story. 
Cheerio, Gavna. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened in about 1920. Sean, is that you? That's me, guys. All right, then Hell it's yeah. me. <laughs> Consider my timber shivered. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, this story comes from our friend and listener, Lindsay. What's so up? Sh- shout out, Lindsay. Dude, she's been a follower for a minute. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your support. For real. So Lindsay talks about growing up. She always had a clear and distinct feeling that she was going to die young. She said she doesn't know why. She doesn't know how it came about, but she just always felt she wasn't going to live a super long life. She said it wasn't depression. It wasn't like she wanted to die or she was going to actively try to die. She just always knew in the back of her mind that her life would be cut short at some point. She says, I know this sounds melodramatic. I know it sounds like, you know, I was an angsty teenager or whatever, but she just, she doesn't know how to explain it. She just had this feeling. When she was around 17 is the first time she shared that thought with anyone. So she was talking to one of her friends. She said, uh, I have to tell you something. And she starts to tell her feeling that she's going to die young. And immediately her friend thinks she's telling her she has like an incurable disease or she's already dying. (laughs) She's like, no, 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 no. I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like I won't live past the age of 30. And her friend immediately disagrees with her and says something like, no, 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 no. Like you're going to live a super long, full life. It's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. And she's like, I don't know, man. I just have this feeling. She said growing up. She had, a, she was in a couple car wrecks. She had some pretty serious accidents, never died. And her friend who she told would point to this and say, see, like you're going to live forever. This is nothing. Boom. Final destination. <laughs> <laughs> then she starts driving behind a car with a ton of logs on it. Oh. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so our friend Lindsay ends up going to college. And during college or at some point, She gets the distinct impression it will be all of a sudden and it will be out of nowhere. It'll just be like that. So she starts going to school. She's working a couple jobs. At this certain time, she's a barista in a coffee shop. And in the coffee shop, there's a lot of regulars who come every day, every morning to grab their coffee. So she gets friendly with a couple of them, starts recognizing them, chatting with some. There's this one guy named Jake. Jake comes in every day before work. He works pretty close to the coffee shop at a winery. He's a taster. And him and Lindsay, even though he's a couple years older than her, they strike up a friendship. They eventually hang out outside of the coffee shop and like a group of friends. When one day Jake says, hey, like, I want to cook for you. I want you to come over. You know, I want to take you on a date. Let me cook for you. She agrees. And they set a date. That day comes around. She gets ready. Starts traveling across town to where he lives. And when she pulls up to the house... He's outside mowing the lawn and she comes up and she's like, uh, like, are we still on for our date? Super embarrassed. Jake admits he lost track of time and didn't realize it was so late in the day. If you don't mind, would you wait inside? I'll take a shower and I still want to go on a date really bad. I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing. She's not a problem. So she hangs out in the living room. He takes a shower real quick, gets dressed and he goes, so I didn't get time to go to the shops. I know this amazing Chinese food place down the street. Do you want to go? She goes, of course. I love egg rolls, you know. Let's do it. (laughs) So they're chatting. They have really good chemistry. They're talking. 
She said they're having uh, lo mein and these amazing Chinese donuts, which I don't know what that <laughs> is. Chinese donuts, bro? I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> they are really good. Kevin says they're good. They must be good. Uh, a Chinese donut, instead of a circle, it's a slit in the middle. Just kidding. <laughs> Dude, they have hella Chinese donuts at like those Chinese buffets, bro. Yeah. What the hell is it, a Chinese? It's just fried dough covered in sugar. Yeah. But they're really good. It's so good. So a so donut. donut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's no hole. Oh. And they're bigger than donuts. It's kind of like a scone. They're like that big. It's not the point of the story. So <laughs> <laughs> they're having a conversation and he gets real with her and he goes, tell me something no one knows about you. She says out of nowhere. She doesn't know why. She shares her feeling that she knows she's going to die young. And he goes, are you serious? Really? And she's like, oh, here it comes. And he goes, I've always had the same feeling. And she said, really? And he goes, yeah, I don't know how to explain. And he goes, it's not like I'm depressed or anything. I'm not like trying to die, but I've always just felt like I'm going to die super sudden and out of nowhere. And they, t- they instantly connect. What do you think that is? Why do you think that is? How has that affected you? Like, what's that like? You know, they talk, 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 talk. Do not die on me. (laughs) (laughs) So they're having a really good time connecting and talking. (laughs) Deflect. And uh, it comes to the end. He goes, you know what? I really do want to cook for you. My work is about to go into the busy season, so I'm I'm not going to have any time for the next several weeks. But will you please go on a date with me early next month? Can I cook for you? And she goes, sure. They head back to his house where her car is. They plan a date and they say, okay, I'll see you then. She leaves. Over the next couple of weeks, they're texting and talking, checking in regularly. And the date that they're supposed to have the second date is getting closer. Our friend Lindsay starts a new job. She's a cashier at a mom and pop shop. So they're texting, 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 and it gets closer and it gets closer. And it's like the day before they're supposed to have lunch or dinner together again, she texts him and says, so are we still on for dinner? And he doesn't respond. She thinks, nope, no problem. I'll give him some time. Gives him another couple, couple more days and he hasn't responded. And she goes, you know what? It's probably just his busy season went a little longer than he thinks. So I'm not, I'm not going to trip. I'll just wait till he's ready. So it's a Monday morning, almost a week after they were supposed to have dinner. And it's super slow in the, in the shop she's a cashier at. So she's trying to find things to do, stay busy, but it's so slow. She just sits there and starts looking through the paper and opens up the paper. And there's a picture of Jake. She said, uh, like split second, the first thing I thought was, that's crazy. Like Jake made it into the newspaper, but it was an obituary. And it talks about how Jake has passed. And Jake had started another company with a friend. So he was working as a, at the winery, but they had a side hustle where they were, they had a lot of cars and trucks and vans and a fleet and they were like using them. I don't know why or how. And one night, one of the drivers slid off the road and got a van stuck. So they called the owner of the business that Jake worked with and they're like, hey, uh, we got to get this thing out of here. Can you guys come help? They didn't want to pay for a tow. So the owner was heading out the door and he goes, Jake, do you want to help? Jake's just doing like accounting work. And he goes, sure, I'll come help. So he went with him. They went down there and it was like an on-ramp to a highway and it was curved. 
and it was clear that it just slid off the road and didn't make the curve. So it's stuck on the side. Jake and the owner hop out. They're pushing the van as hard as they can. The driver is giving it gas to try to get it out. As they're doing this, a huge box truck passes. And it passes so close and fast that like the gush of wind pushes the owner out of the way and hits Jake directly and kills him instantly. He had no idea. He didn't know the truck was there at all. Jake's friends knew of Lindsay but didn't know her, so they didn't know how to tell her. So that's why she found out so late. When she went to the funeral, Jake's family had heard all about her and their really good date they had, and they immediately recognized her, went up to her, and was like, you know, shared words. Uh, But she said for quite a while, she was, she put it, a basket case. You know, she thinks she she was okay, next minute, bawling because this happened. She does everything she can think of to try and get herself out of this depressive state or this, you know, this mourning she's going through. She even said she went back to church and she does not go to church, but it seemed to be the only place where she like wouldn't just completely break down. So she started going to church as much as she could. Several weeks after the accident, he passed away. She's in the shower and she's just trying to breathe and not break down. So she sits down in the middle of the shower bows her head and just covers her eyes and closes her eyes, focusing on her breathing. And she hears Jake's voice. She said, I heard Jake say, I'm okay. And you'll be okay too. He said, the feeling I had of dying young was meant to be a message for him to take it serious. It wasn't for me. The day he died was the day they were supposed to have dinner too. And she said from that day on and from that moment on of hearing Jake, she's never had the feeling like she's going to die young. It like completely left. Yeah. So I read the story and I felt like it was really touching. I don't know. It was moving to me. Um, So I just messaged her back and I said that it was beautifully touching, super tragic to have lost someone Mm -hmm. and just thanking her for sharing. And she said, thank you. He really was an awesome guy. I used to visit his grave every year on his aunt on the anniversary. It's about a 10 hour road trip, round trip to his grave. On or near his birthday or anniversary, I'll do a little toast or say a little prayer for him. It was a total tragedy, but it's still a story that if it didn't happen to me, I probably wouldn't believe it. And then she said, I hope you all are doing well. Keep on doing what you're doing. Love listening every week. Lindsay. Yeah. But I thought it was really, I don't know. I thought it was touching. It was like a different, different type of story. Well, thanks for sharing, for sure. Yeah. That's really sad, and I'm sorry about that. Um, I keep thinking about, like, the source of, like, premonitions like that. What is the source of that, you know? And there's not much to say about it. I feel like it's not an answer we'll know, I think, in this life. We don't even know if it's an answer we'll find out in the next life either, but... Do you mean, like, her feeling or her hearing from Jake? Like I mean, bo- the the feeling that mm-hmm. both of them had talking about that, you know, I feel like I'm going to die young. I'm not saying that, you know, they were right because of the terrible incident that happened. But people do feel those and sometimes they do manifest. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're linked, but it's also not impossible, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just questions <laughs> of the universe, I guess, you know. But True. So, Kevin, you had something to say? A very, very similar experience to that happened to me. Only it wasn't somebody I was trying to date. It was 
my best friend. So all growing up, I we would always talk about how I always felt like I would die young. And he'd be like, nah, you're not going to die young. I am. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it. he did die young. He died when he was 20. But it was like after he passed away, I haven't had that feeling anymore. So it was super weird. Yeah. That is weird. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Like it was super crazy. And and his was super random also. Like I, uh, we were talking on the phone and we were talking until like four in the morning because he was super bummed because he just got fired and his girlfriend broke up with him the same day. And then the next day they called me thinking he had committed suicide because it was so random. And, but, and they like wanted to ask me questions about it, like what we had talked about and stuff. But uh, yeah, he just he had an enlarged heart, and nobody knew, and it just gave out randomly. So holy cow! But yeah, it was crazy. But ever since then, I was, and now I'm like, I'll never die. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but yeah, last last week Saturday, one of my favorite musicians, producers. That's what I was thinking about yeah. too. Passed away, and uh, her name was Sophie. She was only uh, 33, 34, and uh, it, like, she was climbing and fell. That's what happened. And it's always, like, the most tragic when it's sudden, I feel like, you know? But I was just, uh, Charles and I were talking about it because he texted me. I, he was the one who told me about it first, and it's someone I really look up to creatively. And it's always crazy to think of someone, like, in this case, Sophie to me was, like, had like so much potential and had like so much influence on music direction of music yeah and also probably just people you know in her circle um in such a short amount of time i was like man i can't wait to see what else happens and then all of that just disappearing like dissolving into thin air you know it just made me think like of how our days are numbered so it's heavy dude but i don't know Everyone has their own coping process, but for me, it, like, made me want to, like, get to work. Because, yeah, you don't have that forever. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not the right, it's not, it doesn't have to be the right way, but I guess for me, yeah. Mm. Dude, yeah, having to, and this is getting heavy, apologize, everyone, but I don't apologize. Um, having to confront mortal- mortality super personally is difficult. And some of us have gone through life where, like, you've had close ones pass, and then you, you know, at a young age, some of us have never experienced it. It It's one of those things in life that, like, adjusts your perspective and your, what's the word where it's, like, what matters to you? Priorities. Priorities. Hardcore. And it's the same thing. Like, uh, Sophie passed, and it was so weird, and it felt so personal, and it was so sudden. It was like, what? Like, a light snuffed out. I don't know. And then I've had family members pass recently. Yeah, so I don't know where I was going with it. But if you're out there and you're dealing with grief, it's okay. Some days, my mother-in-law said this and I liked it. She said some days, it, I mean, grief is like an ocean. Some days it's calm waters. And for no reason at all, the next day it's it's a storm with waves. So you just do your best. And then over time, hopefully it gets better. But if anyone out there is struggling, hit us up. I'll chat with you. For well, real. well, I'll chat with you. I know. Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing that. It was sweet. Thought it was a sweet story mm-hmm. and very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks. Took a bit at least to step out of their comfort zone to share that. So thank you. Mm. 
Is that you? <laughs> yep. And with that, DJ. <laughs> DJ's like, I have a fun story. <laughs> a real killer, you know? Oh, <laughs> Clean slate. Excel. Yeah. What's your, dude, does anyone know a quick joke? Clear the air. Do I know one of my favorite jokes when I was growing up? Oh, Tell the not, joke. It's not funny. <laughs> it's really not this funny. better be the funniest joke I've ever heard in my life. Huh. <laughs> yeah, you still thought it was okay to tell us. <laughs> it was my favorite joke in like sixth grade. Knock, knock. Who's there? Zebra. Zebra who? Zebra is on Zeboobs. <laughs> I'm ready for your story. <laughs> I. Okay. Thank you, Kevin, <laughs> for your contributions. <laughs> All right. The story comes from cousin Ashley. Oh, shout out, cuz. What's from up? From New Zealand. Oh, oh kia ora. <laughs> so, Ashley, uh, thank you so much. She said she burned through all of our <laughs> episodes sitting down at her desk at work uh, last year. So, well, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your boss back. <laughs> um, always looking forward to our episodes. So, thank you so much. She sent this into us. I think last week, but this happened uh, about two years ago, uh, towards the end of 2017, and it was her and her three friends. So the four of them uh, driving from Wellington to Auckland. Mm. Okay, they were going to school. They're in. They still call it uni down there too. Mm-hmm. They're in uni uh, in Wellington, and they're going back to Auckland because one of the four, uh, one of the three friends, uh, was from there, and it was her 21st birthday. It's a nine-hour drive. Have you guys been to Wellington? Did you guys go? We didn't go to Wellington, no. Okay. The furthest south we got was Rotorua, well, except for the South Island. I'm pretty sure you went to this part. She said, I guess about halfway, they decided to camp overnight in this place called Taupo. Did we talk about a lake? That? Yeah. Mm. Did we talk about that or have you been there? I don't think we've been there. Okay. I swear we've talked about it before. Regardless, that's where they stayed. They camped there overnight. Um, it was free. Uh, yeah, right next to a huge lake with a bunch of pine trees, really beautiful and right off the road. So they set up their camp and they're chilling. She said one of the first things she noticed about the campsite is that there were large tire marks that circled all around the tree bases. So just circling the trees. (laughs) She's like, that's sus, but whatever, you know? Um, so they're chilling at the campsite. It's not quite evening yet but they're preparing dinner mm-hmm. about 30 minutes later the sun was starting to set a truck came storming in from the highway and slowed down right to where they were camping at so she started kind of freaking out you know why is this person just pulling off right next to us like it sounded like the truck was facing towards them instead of just like doing its own thing on the side of the road but the rest of her friends were chill with it i guess so they're telling her to just cool your jets oh relax <laughs> um have a sausage <laughs> <laughs> and shut up <laughs> go home cook rice yeah. so she says i sat back down and uh calmed down finished our dinner nice and i assume the truck left she doesn't mention it afterwards so um the sunset they decided to just go to bed. All their phones died. 
They didn't have any torches. And uh, they went to bed. She said it was pretty late. I don't know how, but she felt like it was about 2 a.m. She woke up because one of her friends was shaking her. As she was waking up, she realized why. It was because a vehicle drove into their campsite. The vehicle didn't stop at where the truck did earlier. She said this time it went further into the campsite towards them and started driving around their tent. She knew that the camp was big enough where they didn't have to. They didn't have to do that. There were no other camps set up for them to get to at least close by. So this was more predatory than than anything else. Ashley said, all of the air left my chest as we sat there not sure what to do, which I loved. She said, after this happened, I was left wide awake and panicked. Uh, everyone else decided to go back to sleep, but I couldn't help but listen to all the sounds. She said, the rest of the night, all I could hear, or at least it sounded like, all I could hear were footsteps around the tent and scratching on the tent. So she kind of fought that all night and she was so exhausted that she would fall asleep. But in her sleep, she kept dreaming about being chased and she would wake up and it would, would still be completely dark. I guess she had experienced those sounds again of the walking and the scratching. Um, she said it honestly felt like I was in the Blair Witch Project. Ugh. That was the whole feeling that I felt that evening. So she, she laid there for hours repeating the cycle of falling asleep, having this dream of being chased and waking up to these sounds. And that went throughout the whole night until finally the sun came up. They got up and packed and left the scene pretty quickly. She said it took her a good while to move on from that, that experience. But they weren't able to figure out if that was the same truck or if it was a different car, uh, who it was, how many people. But she said she'll never forget that her senses were super heightened that night and was so sure of someone being outside of, like right outside their tent and wanting them to come out to try and check it out, like baiting them. She said she tried looking up that place like on online, like for those campsites uh -huh. or on Google Maps. And she said she, she has, she's had no luck finding it. But that was Ashley's, just a quick story. <sighs> Camping. That's creepy. Camping too, like you just, all of a sudden your senses are heightened about all of the sounds coming around everywhere. Mm. So... That's super creepy. I think it's just unfamiliar spaces. Because at home, yeah, you're comfortable. You know your space, so you're not. I hear like a bang down in the basement when I'm trying to sleep at 2 a.m. Like, nah, it's chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now nah, we good. Especially recently, dude, with our basement being worked on. Dude, yeah, he's been here till like 11 o'clock a couple times. I'm like, damn. I hear the bands all come on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Can I tell one really quick one? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. This one kind of messed me up because... It's kind of similar to things that are happening to me. Uh, this is from a female. I don't know her name. She lives alone in an apartment. She works. Um, she is pretty lonely. And especially during COVID. So she decided to get a pet. So she got a dog, a puppy. She's been raising this puppy. Um, she said the first thing that happened that was weird was when she would get home around her front door of her apartment, 
she would smell perfume really strong. Didn't know what it was. And it was really sweet, flowery scent. She didn't wear that. She didn't know anyone in the building that wear that. Like she never encountered it before. And it was always late at night when she was getting home. She'd smell it near her apartment. She said her dog or her puppy, normal puppy, really rambunctious. But every once in a while, she would see it like stare into dark rooms. And I'm sure anyone who has a pet and who've experienced this immediately, you're like, dude, there's a demon in that dark room. And that's what she thought. You're just like, you know, that's, those are the thoughts that she was having. Like, oh shit, this place is haunted. Yeah. Being a single mom of a puppy is really hard, she says. Uh, so she's like, I don't know if this is weird, but when she takes shower, she leaves the door open so the dog can like be in there with her. And she said she was taking a shower. Her puppy's asleep outside the shower. And she notices it sits up straight and is staring out the open door of the bathroom. And it's about like three feet, or sorry, it's like six inches away from the open bathroom door staring out. And she can't see out the door. The angle of her shower is in a way where like the puppy's in front of her facing perpendicular to her Uh right outside the door. And she can't see what's outside the door. But the puppy is fixed on something above it staring it makes her nervous she gets like chills down her spine and the puppy starts wagging its tail she said thanks i have to wash my hair today (laughs) it's in my schedule but i'm terrified to close my eyes so she puts the soap in her eyes puts the She puts the shampoo. Sorry. Didn't want to close make sure her I, eyes open. <laughs> going to make sure I can't see anything yeah. for the rest of my life. My bad. She puts the shampoo in her hair and starts to rinse as fast as she can when she hears her dog yelp. Oh, shit. And so quickly she opens her eyes. She doesn't care if there's soap all over her face. And she looks over at her dog and she sees a woman's hand with bright red fingernails petting the dog's head. She screams and almost slips. The dog looks at her. She runs, throws a towel on, runs out. All the doors are locked. All the windows are locked. But her whole house smells like this sweet perfume. She said after that, nothing. She's never seen in it anything like that or smell anything like that again. Dude, those bubbles in your eyes can like you create some sort of illusion sometimes. The reflection, the refraction of the bubble. <laughs> she said it was the scariest thing that's ever happened to her, and uh, she has no idea what it is. That's pretty terrifying. So anyway, just a quickie. I thought of it. I don't know why. <laughs> your story like made me think of it. Almost like the like the tracks around the tree. So like there obviously there's no way of knowing if like that was all caused by the same vehicle, mm. but. Obviously, cars are coming through a place where they shouldn't be driving, you know. So, like not too how many, many people, people do that? that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's very possible. Nice. Have I ever told you guys about when I went camping in Pennsylvania when uh-uh. I was on that road trip? It's a with negative my ghost rider. My friend just graduated from BYU and he got a job up in Connecticut. So, I was helping him move there, just like road trip. And we decided to take 10 days to go visit friends around the country and do things. One of our nights we planned on camping in Pennsylvania, just in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, 
we didn't reserve a campsite because we didn't think we had to. So we roll, we roll up to a KOA and they're completely full. And we're like, what the heck are we going to do? So there's some dude sitting on like the porch of the KOA office building. As one does. Right? <laughs> he was all like, oh, if you follow this road, like you go back out to the main road, take a left. There's a dirt road off to your right. Turn down that and you just go over this bridge. Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Have you ever seen a scary movie? You know what? <laughs> so, and he's like, yeah, just after that bridge, it's beautiful and you can camp there. And we're like, awesome, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no one will be able to hear you. So we hop into his car. <laughs> you hopped in his car? No, my, Your my, friend's, friend, car. my okay. friend's car. Shit, dude, I wasn't I was driving. Like... <laughs> my friend was driving. So we hop into his car. We get out there, and I'm like, man, this is beautiful. And we're starting to set up camp, and all of a sudden, both of us just get this feeling. We're just like, we have to leave. And so we just looked at each other, and we're like, let's go. We threw everything into the car. Didn't try and repack anything up, because it was just like, you got to go now. We threw everything into the car. We bust around. It's only like a one-lane dirt road into there. Wait, what time was it? It was... By the time we got there, it was like 9.30 p.m. Mm. And so it was dark. And uh, we're we're headed back out. And you you drive for like two miles on this dirt road out to the bridge. Uh-huh. So we cross over the bridge and we're on the dirt road. And in the middle of the dirt road, there's a truck coming out that way. And we're all, there's nothing else out there. At all. Nothing else that somebody could be going to. And it stops there in the middle of the road and, like, waits for us to approach. And my friend's all, nope. And he just goes off of the dirt road around the truck and just books it out. And I was all, I am not becoming some hill person's (laughs) slave. Isn't that your actual nightmare? (laughs) It legit is. I was terrified. (laughs) Um, Did you know the, the Hills Have Eyes was based on a true story like it obviously they evolved the script way <laughs> further but <laughs> took no, some I creative documentary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was dateline it's a vice documentary <laughs> um oh, the story of the family it's like some cult clan family Ugh. always you know oh uh, yeah uh living in the wilderness I think I'm I'm positive uh, cannibals were involved or something like that. But Probably. I'll I'll look into it and come back. That's creepy. That's I'll, cre- I'll I'll uh, circle around. Ah, you know? That's ah, oh, the shit, dude. <laughs> that's kind of like that new movie, the Wrong Turn movie coming out. Okay. It seems though like it's not like the other ones. It seems like it's a cult that's all involved. Hmm. I watched the trailer and it looks different than the other ones. Hmm. So I don't know. Just that's what it reminded me of. Um, were you with us? I think it was us three. Maybe Jordan was with us when we were up in the uh, Alpine Loop in the Jeep. And we were driving off-road like hella out in the middle of nowhere. And it was at night. So it wasn't the time when it was just us three. But it was at night. And we we like come around this corner and find this truck just mm-hmm. parked there. And we're all like, hell no. It was clear that to... they'd been there for like, it looked like months. I don't yeah. know. It was sketchy. And immediately all of us were like, get the f- out of here <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> when i went uh bear hunting with mallory's dad we were you drive past moab so when you're in the city of moab and you're coming from the west you can see a mountain like 
Oh, off, off the to the east. Yeah, yeah, pass. We were behind that mountain. Oh, dang. So it's like Moab is already far out there. Yeah. You know, so we were far out of Moab. <laughs> Farther out. And uh, far out, dude. There's <laughs> like dirt roads on dirt roads on dirt roads that go everywhere and nowhere. And this is where we were bear hunting in his uh, like side by side, the razor mm. with all the hunting dogs. And the first day that we went, we went early morning. We woke up at like four to go. And about an hour into our drive, it started getting light. So all I could see was like a shade of dark blue with all the silhouettes of the trees. And it was like that for about 10 to 15 minutes until it got brighter. And you could start making out the details of the trees. But before that, we were driving. And in the distance, there was this big shadow, this round shadow right off the side of the of the trail of this dirt road in the middle of nowhere and we're driving toward there's no turns and it's super tight so we keep going we keep driving and we get closer and this thing's pretty big it's like the size of a bedroom and we finally get to it and it's like pitch black and we shine our light and it's a trailer and he stops there because the dogs start barking when they bark, it's because they smell something. And he stops and he doesn't see that I'm pointing at the trailer. So he's about to let him out. He's like, oh, they caught a scent. And I was like, uh, do you see this trailer here? He's like, oh, I didn't notice that. Let's keep going. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, let's uh, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, who? <laughs> like, there wasn't even a car to tow it. Meth. Who, it was just out there by side. Dude, yep. it, I didn't feel good about it. We should do segments. Is it paranormal or is it methamphetamine? <laughs> <laughs> you <This> choose. Case, <laughs> probably the methamphetamine. I'm just kidding. Or yeah. No, that's terrifying. Anytime you're like way out where you assume you won't be around anyone and then you meet anyone, it's like, what the hell are you doing out here? <laughs> and they're probably thinking the same, the same thing. thing like, yeah. True. Just so. you just you gotta be suspicious of everyone. Yeah, that's the only way to get through life. Trust no one. Oh and with that, trust your gut. Gut. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> nah. Uh anybody have anything else to add before we close up? No. Thanks Negative. for listening. Thank you. Nerds. Love you guys. <laughs> Follow us. Tell a friend. Freaking go get haunted and send your story in. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do it for the pod. Go get some trauma. <gasps> and let us, for us let us share it <laughs> um yeah until next time trust your gut and watch your back bye love you be safe be careful out there okay bye i was secretly hoping you guys would join me in singing i couldn't <laughs> i didn't remember the words exactly i no. remembered the chorus and you didn't get there yet <laughs> i barely knew the verse so i was like struggling <laughs> with the words. Anyway. but anyway next time so i'll memorize the words Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. 
Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. I'm Richard Serrett. Join me on Strange Planet for in-depth conversations with the world's top paranormal investigators, alien abductees, Bigfoot trackers, monster hunters, time travelers, alternative archaeologists, remote viewers, and more. As I was on the way to Area 51, I was stopping on the side of the road and just taking measurements, and I found this one spot where time slowed down by a fraction of a second. It's not supposed to do that. From the two big categories, animal mutilations and human abductions, you have to conclude that genetic material is being harvested. Well, I reached for a rifle and uh, I, I turned and looked and it was, it was already moving away and it was descending the bluff. I, there's no way any human could have went down it. It was probably a 75 degree angle straight down almost. On Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, we're redefining reality. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Do not go any further. Turn around. Go home. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.